for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we have another very special guest for you today. She hails, or she's currently in Nashville, Tennessee. We have Kennedy Frohawk. How's it going today? I'm good. How are you, Tom? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Now, are you from Nashville, or where are you from originally? Um, I'm from Sykes, Missouri, which is a little town in southeast Missouri, about um, two, two and a half hours south of St. Louis. Okay. I feel like we've had this conversation before because it came up. I'm, I went to school at Southern Illinois, so I feel like that Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty close to um, Cape. So Okay, gotcha. Actually, I almost uh, went to work in Cape at one point in my career and it just didn't work out but yeah so I'm very familiar with Cape and that that entire area yeah and so well uh what or what brought you to Nashville well um I went to college in Greenville Illinois at Greenville University for music my I majored in um music industry studies and so I came to Nashville to do an internship with the um, International Songwriting Competition. Okay. And, um, and then my husband and I, we just really loved it here. So we stuck around and we're just trying to do the whole music thing. So. Gotcha. No, that, and I mean, Nashville is the perfect place to do that. Absolutely. Um, before Lots of we... people to collaborate with and everything. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Before we get too far into this i want to bring something up i saw this as i was uh taking my lunch break at work today you'd posted something very uh interesting to me that caught my eye uh yesterday about the importance of emotional and mental health yes um my whole brand focuses a lot on emotional health i think that that's super important um and so like with my music, I try to provide just that kind of emotional outlet for my listeners so that when they are feeling brokenhearted or feeling some kind of feeling they feel like they just can't express, they can use my music to express that feeling in a safe way. Awesome. That's, that's awesome. Um, because one of the things that I've been really focusing on on this podcast is trying to destigmatize the negative connotation that mental health seems to carry with it absolutely yeah and 
there shouldn't be a negative connotation with mental health because I mean, health in general, we, it's just something that we all need to be aware of and mental health and emotional health are part of that. Exactly. Exactly. And especially with musicians in particular, and I say this all the time that it's, I feel like it's like especially important for them to be aware of their mental health because they're every night that they're performing, they're making themselves so emotionally open and available for everybody to see. And then they're also just in the eye of the public being or feel like they're being judged on a daily basis. Absolutely. And if they don't have the support structure in their personal life to be or to kind of let themselves decompress, that's how they turn to alcoholism or whatever substance and like dangerous things start to happen. Oh yeah. And so, yeah, it's really important to have those kinds of outlets that are healthy to turn to. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I saw you post that yesterday and I was like, Oh, we need to bring that up right away. Yes. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. And um, so you're in Nashville currently. Are you playing music full time or do you have a job to support your music habit? Um, I have a job because um, I'm still trying to grow my fan base in the area since I just got here about a year ago. Um, so I'm working at um, Cat Fiend Cat Cafe in Murfreesboro and I love it there. Oh my goodness, cats are one of my favorite things in the world. You'd be hard pressed to find somebody who loves cats as much as I do. <laughs> no. yeah. And so since you brought it up, that's where you had your uh, album release party, correct? That, yes, it Friday? is. Yes, and, and that how, went so well. I was just going to ask how it went. Um, what, what was the process when you were getting ready to sit down? First of all, was this your first album that you've released, or where is it kind of ranking? Um, this is my first full-length album under my actual, like, name. Um, I released two EPs in college um, as Outlaw, but everybody and their brother is Outlaw on um, streaming platforms. And yeah. so you go to look up Outlaw, and you get everything that isn't me. And yeah. so I was like, well, Kennedy Frohawk is a whole lot more unique so that's going to work a whole lot more in my favor. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the process when you were getting ready to produce this album? Did you write a bunch of songs for the album or did you already have a bunch of stuff written and was kind of like, oh, hey, these songs would fit perfect on an album together? Um, I actually wrote the um, songs for the album and I noticed like throughout the process before I came up with the name for the album that each song had something to do with a promise made or a promise broken or a promise kept and so I was like well promises is just a really really good name for this album and all these songs just flow so well together that this just 
yeah, this this is gonna work. So. Awesome. And uh, what did you record it yourself, or did you go into like a studio studio? Um, I have a friend that I met in college um, who lives in Franklin. His name is Brian Connolly, and he did the vast majority of the engineering and producing on this album. And he did such a wonderful job. I'm so grateful to him. And is the album, does the album have like a full band backing you or is it just you doing like a solo acoustic style? It's a full band style album. Um, a lot of synth and um, electronic instruments, but, um, but it's definitely got that full band feel. Cool. And do you, how often do you get to play live with a full band or is it majority just you doing the solo thing? Well, back in college, I had a backing band, but um, when I moved to uh, Nashville, they were still most of them in college or they went to Chicago or St. Louis and they went their various directions. And, um, and so right now it's just me and my husband plays guitar for me because he's a whole lot better at that than I am. And so he co-writes my music with me and plays guitar for me. That's awesome. That's really, that's, I love it when I see a husband and wife duo that can play music together. It's, you know. It's, oh yeah, it's great. And you don't have to pay them. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's very true. And then, uh, you also get to go out on the road together or oh yeah it's yeah. it's a great bonding experience for sure and I, and he puts up with me a whole lot easier than a lot of other people would so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um have you had an opportunity to uh kind of play outside of nashville and do like a tour or do you primarily just play in nashville and try and make that work um, I haven't gone on a tour yet. Um, I'd love to in the future. I think that sounds like a lot of fun. But right now, um, it's mostly Murfreesboro and Nashville area gigs that I'm doing. So. And um, have you, were you playing or let's start from the, let's kind of start from the beginning. So people kind of get a gist of your musical history and all that fun stuff. Uh, okay. What got you into music? Okay, so um, when I was three, um, my mom put me into dance lessons. And um, yeah, I did that for eight years. And toward the end of those eight years, I was like, man, I'm just not enjoying this. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I want to sing. So my mom, when I was 11, she found me a vocal coach. And so I started learning piano and I started learning how to sing. And um, back then it was just like to karaoke tracks at the um, little theater down in New Madrid. And um, then at 13, I picked up the guitar. And then around 15 or 16, I started writing my own music. And back then I was a country artist and since then, I've delved into so many different genres. I've done folk. I've done alternative. I had a rock band for a little bit. That was really interesting. It was really high energy and a lot of fun. Right now, I'm doing more of like a pop rock kind of sound, kind of like Red Era Taylor Swift. But yeah. And um, 
is what because you'd mentioned that you initially signed up for dance class and that was kind of the yeah that got me on stage and Mm -hmm. like my family like i'd come from a family of people who does not get up in front of people they don't speak in front of people they don't like crowds you know Mm -hmm. and so like if it weren't for those dance lessons i'm not sure that i would be doing music because that's what like got me comfortable with being on stage was doing all those dance recitals and dance competitions and all of that i didn't enjoy it but i'm really grateful for that time of my life because without it i'm not sure i'd be doing music yeah like i mean it's interesting that you can trace it back to that you know it's and looking back i'm sure everybody can draw the positives out of something that maybe they didn't enjoy but if it wasn't for that specific thing they wouldn't be doing what they're doing now absolutely that's that's very interesting um so were you were were you playing music back in um missouri when you were living there Yes, I was. Yeah, I am. I did all kinds of gigs in Sykeston and the surrounding areas. And yeah, I am. I was pretty active back in my hometown. So and then you went to college, played during college and then moved out to Nashville. Yes. Okay. Um, How from when you and you said you had recorded some albums under the name outlaw and that was was that the, like the band phase of your um no the band phase was actually beyond frohawk okay. and that was really interesting we tried to do an ep but the band just kind of fell apart um As our um, bands yeah, our personalities kind of clashed um we're all still really good friends but just working together and being together that much, I think just kind of put a strain on things. And so um, Outlaw was the name that um, I I used when it was just me and my husband doing music. And so we released an EP that was folky, kind of had folky um, sounds to it. It was completely acoustic instruments, no electronic instruments at all, no electric guitars. It was all like acoustic guitar, there's banjo and you know, just that kind of feel to it. I even had a um, a sample of the grandfather clock that was in the library I worked at during college in oh, one wow. of the songs on the EP. And so that was really cool. Yeah, awesome. And then our second EP, um, it had more of the like alternative kind of sound. Mm-hmm. I got a little bit more experimental with it. Mm-hmm. I had a song on there called Jovian. Yeah, I absolutely love this song, and it's a seven-minute and forty-five-second song. But, um, oh, wow. I um, I wrote it like that on purpose. I was like, I'm going to write an epic. That is my big goal. I want to mm-hmm. write an epic, and so it has like a bohemian has, rhapsody style epic. Uh, not quite. I don't think I can ever achieve that level of greatness. But okay, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, um, but it's got violins and cello and horns and it's just it's a lot of fun I love that song mm-hmm. it's one of my um, prouder works and was um, 
under outlaw that first ep that you recorded was that the first time that you had stepped in an, into a recording studio or were you still recording even before that um i'd recorded like a few singles here and there um but that was like the first like big project a, mm. a lot of the other stuff i was doing was just because you know the engineers at school needed somebody to record for their project that they were doing for class and so that was like my first big like studio project okay and uh what did you take away from that specific project how did that prepare you for going into or what did you take away from that experience that would help prepare you to go in a second time and then again recently with promises oh that's actually a really good question um well i found that i'm actually like pretty good at like vocal producing and not like the engineering part of that but like just like hearing the vocals and being like oh wait i need to add more emotion or i need to you know, there's just like these little nuances that need to be fixed and it like takes it up to a whole nother level. And so like, that was like really cool realizing I had that kind of um, talent that I didn't know I had. And I've been able to take that into these other um, projects as well. So that's pretty neat. Nice. And uh, do you have any music plans for like music videos coming off of promises for like any of the lead singles and stuff like that um i'm hoping to have a um a music video come out in april or may um for next to the sea and that one's going to be completely recorded on iphone because that's what i can afford and so we're going to see what i can do with that but i'm going on a cruise in April and so we're gonna just kind of shoot some really cool footage of the cruise oh, wow. and try to throw something neat together we'll see how it works actually that's a very I'm gonna go on a little bit film geek rant here that's very what they call mumblecore it was it was a movement back in the uh, late 2000s where they would shoot stuff with what they had available so if like somebody was going on vacation to kentucky or something they would shoot a film based on going on a trip to kentucky so that that's very i've been very intrigued by that style and the people that produce stuff like that so that's that's why i'm pretty excited about that so nice um first music video oh really yeah i haven't done one before so we'll see how it goes yeah i mean like just shoot for the moon and if i mean not to if you need help with any of that just let me know like obviously that that's what i do here on live or with live and amplified and whatnot and if you want any advice on any of that stuff we'd definitely be glad to help you anyway well thank you um because we're you know just music videos are awesome like i mean you know yeah but um so what is one thing that you want people to know about your music it, like especially if they're like a first time listener and this is the first time they're hearing you what's one thing they want you want them to know about your music 
Um, I write music, you know, it all just comes from like personal experiences or uh, from my friends' personal experiences. So it's all like very close to me. It's all very real. You're not going to be getting anything fake from me. It's all like real emotion. It's, I mean, there's a song on the um, album. Um, it's called Hell Half No Fire. And I wrote that song because about a year and a half ago, I started noticing that I had symptoms of depression. Mm. And, um, and so I wanted to write a song about my um, experiences with depression and about my husband who has been so, so good to me throughout all of that. And so that's all very raw and very real. Mm. And so they're not going to get anything fake from me. Nice. That's always good. And then obviously we talked earlier about our feelings on depression and mental health. So we don't even need to touch on that, but you know, just how important it is to make sure you keep an open line of communication and all that stuff. So absolutely. Um, how do you, since you and your husband play to play music together, how do you guys challenge each other to kind of become better performers or musicians or anything like how do you well he um i think that he um notices some things that maybe i didn't notice so mm -hmm. like we go to perform and i'm like or maybe like when we're practicing i'm like okay well you know, there's this thing that I feel like it just it wasn't quite right. What was wrong with it? And he's like, oh, well, it was this. And, you know, like, maybe you missed this right here or I missed this right here. And then, like, Luke, he's more of a behind-the-scenes kind of guy. He mm -hmm. um, he prefers to um, do the um, engineering thing. He's actually working with um, CTS right now out of Brentwood. Um and hopefully soon moving up into a live audio position with them. But, um, and so like, he just, he notices all the little things and, um, but he, since he's also just not as comfortable with performing, you know, like I can help draw some of that out of him, get him a little bit more interacting with the audience and that kind of stuff, you know? So we, we, we do definitely bring out the best in each other. That's for sure. So. Perfect. Um, now, w one thing that we really like to do is we're trying to help uh, cultivate younger musicians and make sure we try and – now, I, I don't want to say point them in the right direction because I feel like that's very subjective, but give them good information – to help them find their own way in the music industry. What advice do you have for a younger musician that's maybe just getting started? Um, I would say that oftentimes um, it is very discouraging, um, but like don't take that discouragement to heart because like, oh my goodness, I have faced so much discouragement mm. <laughs> since I've, since I started doing music. And, um, I, I get no's like every time I turn around, like, 
no, you can't have this gig or no, you didn't get this audition or, you know, all the things. But, you know, it's just not the right time. It's not the right place or it's not the right person. You know, there is an audience for your music and you will find them if you have the guts and the ambition to go for it. So just don't let anything stop you. Um, this next question is going to sound a little weird, but I want, um, what's the worst piece of advice you've ever received? The worst piece of advice I've ever received. Oh, that's actually a really good question. Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know. (laughs) And I mean, I I guess maybe I I guess. I feel I like guess maybe I just like block out the bad things and like, you know, I just don't retain them. I don't yeah. know. And I was going to say, I guess it doesn't even have to pertain to the music industry in general, but it, yeah, we can uh, go ahead and move on if you don't. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not sure. Nothing's coming to mind right now. So Okay. Not a problem. It It was a, usually I ask what the, best piece of advice people get but then i i've noticed that i get an answer of oh basically what i just said you know so i was trying out a different way to ask the question yeah so what when you're not playing music what are you doing like what what are some of the hobbies outside of the music business that you enjoy um well i am I play a lot of The Sims 4. That's a lot of fun. It's the only video game I really play, unless it's um, Mario Kart. I am really, really good at Mario Kart. Okay. <laughs> um, I also really like to read. Um, I love Harry Potter. Like, Harry Potter is the best series, in my opinion. But um, And I watch a lot of like Netflix and Disney Plus and all of that good stuff. But spend a lot of time with my cats. (laughs) I actually, I was about ready to get rid of my Disney Plus subscription about a month ago, just because I felt like I'd kind of watched everything that I had wanted to watch. And Mm -hmm. then I went in and found out that they had like a whole bunch of like the Nat Geo and History Channel stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, all right, you got me for another couple months because there's so (laughs) much here that I want to watch now, you know. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure come another come April or so they'll hit me again. So Probably. Yeah. They always do. Yep. Good <laughs> job. Good on you, Disney. <laughs> but um what's your uh what's like your go-to on the Disney Plus channel? Um well, I love the um Disney classic movies. So, you know, like all those old Disney princess movies or Lion King and, you know, just the Disney classics. I love those. And and I like to rewatch the uh, Disney channel shows that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. Like that's so Raven, Hannah Montana, all of those shows. Um, Because, you know, now Disney channel is just not nearly as good as it used to be. Mm -hmm. And so I like to just relive those. um, days when it was actually good (laughs) i'm actually kind of i'm waiting for them to release the because before they had like the disney channel original movies 
they had it was like a Saturday. It was either Friday night on Disney or Saturday night on Disney, where it was the same basic thing where they had like made for TV movies. Mm-hmm. And then in like late in the late nineties, it morphed over to like Disney Channel originals. And there right. was a bunch of movies they had released previously that were actually really good movies. Yeah. And I'm waiting for them to release. And it's like, I want to watch these movies. I haven't seen them in years. Right. Like, <laughs> but movies like My Date with the President's Daughter and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Here. Yeah. So I, I'm waiting for Disney to release that. It's like, come on, please. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, get on it, Disney. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, I mean, I'm sure they'll be releasing a whole bunch of new stuff. I keep reading about that new uh, Lizzie McGuire series that they're uh, Yeah, that on. should be interesting. Yeah. I was never, like, super into Lizzie McGuire, and, like, everybody loves it, but I just, I don't know. That one was a miss for me. Yeah, that was, I think that was more my sister's show, and then by proxy, I just kind of been aware of what it was so yeah um but yeah well what i i kind of interested about the harry potter stuff because (laughs) i started reading the books back like i think i made it to the third book prison prisoner of azkaban yes that's it and then the book started getting really too long for me you know Yeah. After that third book, they get like into the 500, 600, 700 page realm. (laughs) Yep, exactly. But I have been- It took me forever to get through book five, which to be fair, that is the slowest book of the series. Yep. Hardly anything happens. I feel like it's just filler, but- Yeah. I mean, I had a, like, once they started making the movies- I was just kind of like, okay, I got back into it for a while. And like, even when they got to that point in the movies, it was just kind of like, eh, I'm okay. <laughs> so. yeah, I, I have been interested to get back into like the newer stuff they've been releasing. Um, Fantastic Beasts. Yep. There you go. Yeah, I am. I'm a huge um, Newt Scamander fan. I think he's super relatable, and I happen to be a Hufflepuff myself. So, like, go represent because I love it. <laughs> um, but awesome. yeah, he's he's a pretty awesome character. So, have you tried to write a song based on Harry Potter at all, or is that? No, I haven't. Um, I I've never really thought about doing that kind of thing. I don't guess. Um, It'd be a really fun thing to do as a side project for sure. Yeah, but I think it would. Why not? (laughs) It would probably play really well as like a digital distribution type thing because I'm sure there are plenty Harry Potter fans that would listen to it. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But, um, so we we've talked a lot about what you're currently doing and what you've done in the past. Mm-hmm. What what do you, where do you see your music career going? Where do you want to take it? Like, what's the plan moving forward? Well, uh, the smaller goal is, you know, be able to make a living with my music. Like, mm. that would be ideal because, you know, I, I don't want to have, oh yeah, I also work at David's Bridal. 
Um, but like, I don't want to keep having to find another part-time job or another part-time job, you know, like mm -hmm. I want to be doing my own thing. I want to be making my own schedule, mm -hmm. you know, like that'd be great. Now, um, if I could make it even bigger than that, you know, like actually have a significant fan base, um, play it maybe like the Ryman Auditorium. That'd be really cool, you know, mm -hmm. but you know, just mostly I just want to be able to make a living doing music. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, since you do play music and ha you said two, you're currently working two jobs. Yes. How do you kind of find the time or how do you kind of balance all that and then have to have time to write and then still have a relationship on top of that? What What's that juggling act like? Well, um, fortunately, and I guess kind of also unfortunately, mm. um, my two jobs don't work me very much at all. I work oh. Saturdays at David's Bridal and then um, I work like maybe 10 hours a week at Cat Bean. Um, and so I've got a lot of downtime to be working on music and my evenings are usually free to spend with my husband. And so it, it's not been too hard to balance that yet. So. Gotcha. Man, that's, that's good. Like, I mean, as long as the, uh, you don't have to start picking up a third job or something, you know? Yeah. That, yeah, that, I, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, the, your husband also works full time as well. Yes, he works full time at CTS. Okay. So. And what's uh, CTS for the people that don't know? Um, they um, they provide sound equipment for um, like casting crowns and um, Brett Eldridge and like a bunch of those Christian and or country artists okay so. and he that's ultimate he ultimately wants to do like go into sound engineering and yes right now he's working in the um warehouse um loading up the um trucks sending out the um touring equipment testing the touring equipment all of that good stuff but um they're um they said that they're going to move him up into a into a live audio position um, once they have one open up. So hopefully that'll be soon. Gotcha. Because they're expanding. So that's all. Hey, good for him. Like that's that's awesome. Oh um, yeah. I'm gonna kind of ask you a couple of random questions. Just sure. to, um, do you have any useless talents? Useless talents. Um. Huh. Well, um, I can whistle like a cricket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, can we hear it? Wait. Maybe if I can do it. Almost. I, I don't know. It's not in me today, I guess. Uh, so right, I'm making a liar out of myself. But nope, you're good. We believe. But it. I swear I can do it. It just has. It has to. You have to catch me at the right time. Apparently. Nope. <laughs> nope. We're good. We're good. We believe you. Uh, <laughs> does uh, pineapple belong on pizza? Yes, it's my favorite kind of pizza. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> 
That's okay. It's just, a controversial topic. <laughs> it is. It really is. I I wouldn't have asked the question had I not. Yeah. Um. What? Wow. I wasn't expecting you to say yes. Wow. <laughs> Let's go down that rabbit hole. What is it about the pineapple on the pizza that you like? Well, it's just like a really good mix of that savory and like kind of sweet, but not too sweet because it's not like sugary sweet, mm. but it's got that little bit of a tang and I, it's just so good. And uh, <laughs> is it usually just pineapple that you like on your pizza or do you, you put like sausage or something else on it? Um, I, if I'm going to eat pineapple pizza, it's going to be just pineapple, but like I will eat any, like just about any kind of pizza with the normal like toppings. So like pepperoni or sausage or beef or the Supreme pizza, you know, like all the normal things, you know, but, um, like I, I stay away from anchovies, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, what's your guilty pleasure song right now? My guilty pleasure song. Um, and just huh. for just for context, and we're on an even playing field, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this one. Okay. Mine is uh, "Party in the USA" by Miley. <laughs> oh, that that's actually a pretty good one. Um, oh, that's ooh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. A guilty pleasure band of mine, I guess, would be like Jonas Brothers. I really enjoy them. I don't think that they're like the best songwriters in the world. And like, I love really, really good songwriters, but I also really enjoy me some Jonas Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't uh, which one's on the voice right now? Isn't Nick. Nick. And then actually, I think Joe is as well. I think he does uh, Australia, the Australia voice. Oh. I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm way into the voice. Like for whatever <laughs> reason, it's every other couple of months I'm on watching the top ten voice auditions or whatever, and yeah, I saw him pop up at oh. one point. So that's know. pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know why I know that stuff, but I do. There, so there's that. Um. Let's go back to your songwriting a little bit. Um, How do you decide what you're going to write about when you sit down to write? Well, I typically like have a list of things that I want to eventually write about. And so like, I, when I sit down to write a song, I go to that list and I see if any of those things really catches my eye, really like, I get some kind of inspiration from one of those things. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. If I don't, then I just, you know, I like start looking for just random words or something that just spark my interest. And then I kind of go from there and see what happens. And sometimes it turns out a hit like next to the sea. I think that one was one of my better works. Um, And like that one was totally unexpected. It was totally different direction for me. But, um, and then sometimes I have total flops. I'm like, okay, no, this song needs to be scrapped. And Mm. I'm just going to put that away because that's not good. (laughs) Do you usually like to have a melody before you start writing or do you write and then form your melody? 
Um, I typically write the lyrics first. Now, sometimes the lyrics, like, this kind of put together their own melody. And so, mm. like, sometimes that comes super easy. And, like, I don't have to think too much on the melody. But then sometimes, you know, like, I have to kind of force a melody and then, like, tweak it a little bit to make it work. Or, like, I take it to my husband and I'm like, okay, let's let's try to churn out some music so that I can come up with a melody for this song because it's not coming to me because he usually is more on the music side of things than I am as far as the songwriting process goes. Gotcha. And so is there ever been a situation where he'll, you guys will just kind of be uh, like jamming a little bit and he's playing an interesting little tune that inspires a song or oh yeah that's happened a few times um i cannot think of which song it was but it was on the second ep that we did um he had a little lick that he was playing i was like wait stop record that mm. <laughs> because i'm gonna do something with that <laughs> so then he'll send that to me and then i'll try to work some lyrics around it I was just kind of uh, strolling through your website here, and I yeah. uh, landed on your uh, your music ca or your album catalog, and I noticed that uh, while you were performing as Outlaw, you had like both the albums were named Tunnel Vision, and then either Eye of the Storm or Soar Above. Yes, so that was a two-part project because I I wanted to do a full-length project and my professor told me no. Oh. And so I was like, okay, we're making a two-part project. <laughs> and, and, and so you, you released so, the second one after you got through school yes. pretty, or um, through the class? No, um, they were both during school. Okay. But, um, but the um, first album, it was a lot of like, negative songs and so like the second album i made sure each of those songs or ep i guess mm -hmm. i made sure each of those songs had an answer for a song in the first ep okay. so they are all connected that's really cool kind of turns everything on its head makes it more positive so. awesome that, that's really cool i would have never thought to do something like that yeah, it was just kind of a connection I made after I released the first one. So, and um, how is how is your music style and writing style changed from writing under the banner of Outlaw to now? Um, when I was um doing Outlaw, when I first started, I was like, I was. I wanted to be like the next Civil Wars. I I listened to so much Civil Wars then. Um, I was like, okay, I love the folk sound. This is what I want to do. And then like, since then, I've discovered that, yeah, I actually do kind of enjoy the pop sound as well. So I've started like getting more into that. I was really like anti- um, synth and midi instruments i was like no that's lazy <laughs> um but now i'm like but i guess you can do some pretty cool things with those that you can't do with like an actual instrument so i am um, i got more open to that for sure <laughs> and, um, and then i 
produced or not produced. I created some actual pop songs on um, this new album. And, hmm. yeah. 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 I I was talking to a band the other day that they had just uh, started messing around with like an NPC and bringing in like synths and stuff like that. And so mm -hmm. th th there's definitely something to it because I've seen a lot of bands that are starting to especially for like their live shows are starting to figure out ways to incorporate like synth and stuff like that so, oh yeah yeah um there's a lot more to it than I had originally thought <laughs> so yeah I'm a lot more open-minded now because <laughs> yeah. I mean I I was in the same boat I was just like you know like there there was always the uh that there's that one SNL video where they're making fun of people that do like the electronic music and play synth that all they do is hit the space bar mm -hmm. and it, that's just not like after actually working with actual musicians i know that's not the case anymore no it's not yeah i've, I've definitely learned that myself so yeah. and um but yeah you know it's it, it's just the evolution of knowledge so like yes. as as you kind of go through the process here you, you kind of pick up things yes um, you do so what's what's your upcoming uh show schedule looking like uh do you um i don't have any date set in stone right now um i was going to have a house show here in Murfreesboro um this coming Sunday but we had to reschedule because um one of the performers who is she's been doing house shows for a really long time and she's helping me with this mm -hmm. like because I've never done it and so she had a conflict come up that she needs to take care of and so we're um rescheduling that and we just haven't picked a date yet Gotcha. Is it easier to do house shows outside of Nashville, like still within the greater Nashville area than if you were like in city limits, I guess? Um, I honestly don't know because I haven't done any yet. Um, okay. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I can let you know once um, I find out. <laughs> okay. Well, because I, when I first started coming out to Nashville, doing like the live sessions and what have you um i would rent airbnbs and then after the first or second time i was out there i was told hey if you're going to do that don't do it within nashville city limits because they're huh. really starting to uh buckle down on what would be perceived as like a home studio or do oh yeah business. that whole thing <laughs> you know and so then That's... luckily i've found a practice space that allows me to rent by the day so yeah you know that's yeah, always that's, good yeah i heard about all of that and i think it's just horrible because you know these um engineers you know like a lot of them it's only feasible for them to um do what they do out of yep. their home yep. or, so, like i think that we should be allowing them to do that mm -hmm. like they're really contributing a great thing to um music and yep. they're being hindered yep unless they want a bunch of people living in like a downtown type district because they have to go live in their studio yeah 
But um, one last thing I kind of want to touch on before we start kind of wrapping the interview up because I don't want to jeopard or occupy all your time <laughs> um, was the uh, tornado that came through last night. Um, yes. I, you know, you see the photos online that have been popping up the last like mm-hmm. 18 to 20 hours or so. Yes. And you're were safe because you were further south, you said? Or yes. Did you know anybody that was affected? I mean, I'm sure you did, right? Um, I don't, I mean, I know some people in the area. Mm. So far, I haven't heard of anybody that I personally know that was directly affected by the tornado. Mm. I know a couple of people that live really close to the area that was affected, like within six miles. Mm. But, But they didn't like have any damage done to their own homes as yeah. far as i know so gotcha no it was it was just a very terrible thing and i'm glad that i like one of the first videos i saw was a was it a news channel 5 video i think it was where one of the uh, reporters was walking down the street just kind of live streaming mm-hmm. to his audience and just he was showing all these people like at two in the morning or whatever time it was at that time, just all these people out helping each other, which it was very nice to see, like just, Oh yeah. You know, the community communal aspect that Nashville has that maybe gets overlooked because it's a very touristy area. Absolutely. But, you know? Yeah. So- and I feel like, you know, it's, like how it was back when they had that really bad flood. I don't even know how many years ago that was now. But, um, you know, like, Nashville is a community of really good, friendly, helpful people mm-hmm. who are all looking out for each other. And I just think that that's a really wonderful thing. So, yeah. It, it is. And like, I mean, even the few times that I've been through, it's, I've had the exact same experiences, just like mm-hmm. I, I'm lost in the walking down some random side street. And it's like, hey, I have no idea where I am. This is where I'm trying to get. Can you help me? Yep. And I, at one point, I had somebody walk with me to make sure I got where I was going. And I was like, I wasn't expecting that, you know, that's very nice. Take time out of their day to make sure I got to where I needed to go. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that I've had nothing but positive experiences. And when I see stuff like that get shown on a bigger scale, it's always, it's always a very good thing to see. It is unfortunately just teach them all how to drive <laughs> you know I feel, you can't have it all <laughs> yes that is true but i feel like anywhere you go nobody knows how to drive like growing growing up and driving in chicago traffic i everywhere i go i say i wish people like because i'm currently in texas everywhere i go i say i wish people in texas knew how to drive <laughs> but then I go back to Chicago and it's like, wait, people in Chicago don't know how to drive. What is going on? <laughs> like, you know, 
So I, I think it's just one of those things where everywhere you go, people don't know how to drive. You're probably right about that. Yeah. But people that have lived in Illinois, they are the best drivers. I'm going to just say that. <laughs> well, I mean, I was in Illinois for four years during college. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, but because especially down there in Southern Illinois, because they got to run the, uh, the levees of the Mississippi there. Mm -hmm. Like just like I had a, a lot of my friends that were from Southern Illinois that I made while I was going to SIU we'd go back to their parents' place over the weekend or whatever for like the random weekend to get away. And then they get in their truck and I'd see a completely different side of them watching rip around the levees on these old dirt roads. And it's like, man, all right, you guys can really drive. I'll trust you with my life, you know? <laughs> so, but Anyways, that, that's a little side note for a different day. Um, I'm going to ask you one last question, and it's going to be sure. kind of a broad question. And I word it the way I do just to kind of give you room to uh, take it where you want to take it. And, okay. Uh, but why music? Um, well, I just found that, you know, music is – just a really good way for me to communicate exactly like what I'm going through or you know my experiences or what I'm feeling or any of that and like I feel like oftentimes I don't really get my point across very well when I'm just having a conversation but like when I write music I feel like it just it comes together a whole lot better and so like it's just a really like solid form of communication for me like you can really get to know me through my music wonderful that's absolutely wonderful um and then where can uh everybody find you on social media and stuff to yeah, keep um, up with the new music by your current albums and uh see yeah, your shows. So so you can um, follow me on Facebook, um, it's Kennedy Frohawk. Um, I'm on Instagram at Kennedy underscore Frohawk. Um, I'm on YouTube as Kennedy Frohawk. It's almost all Kennedy Frohawk. Um, oh, nice. um, now, I don't do a whole lot on YouTube. My two main platforms are um, Facebook and Instagram as far as social media goes. Mm -hmm. um, and then my music is on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon Music, um, Google Play, all of the um, main, you know, like streaming and downloading platforms. Awesome. And then I've also got a website, KennedyFrohawk.com. And that, all that has the links to everything as well. I, yes, it does. And uh, and all your music all your music is on Spotify. So everything from outlaw and then even before that. Um, I didn't have anything, um, released before that. Okay. Um, so it's from outlaw and on. Okay, cool. Well, cause I've noticed, or I've started to see a trend where people will take certain things down because it doesn't portray who they are currently. Mm -hmm. which is an interesting idea but that I get but I also don't get no I like to leave my stuff up and 
because like I'm still really proud of like my outlaw phase. Mm -hmm. I think that I've released some really good stuff, but like even though it's not who I am anymore, like I still want the world to hear it. Exactly. And it's like a it's a chapter of your musical career. Like Yes. Could you imagine reading Harry Potter? without the first book because it doesn't represent what the fifth and sixth book are about like right or like you know taylor swift she's a pop artist now but you know like she's would she like just get rid of all of her country music because she's a pop artist like no that's just i don't think that we should be doing that no not at all and actually I just recently remembered that she actually started doing country because I'm so used to her doing her pop stuff. Mm-hmm. And then somebody was like, Oh, do you remember this song? And I was like, Oh yeah. She did do country music there for a while. That's how yep. she got her start. You yep. know? I was the biggest Taylor Swift fan. Like from when she first started um, when she first released that first album mm-hmm. and then like through red like i was a huge taylor swift fan through mm-hmm. those four albums um then she dropped um 1989 and kind of lost me but gotcha um, i've i like her new stuff more than like 1989 and reputation like she's she's kind of pulling me back in a little bit so yeah i mean she's got to evolve and really express her music the way she's feeling. But there was yeah. a time there where it was just like, all right, you're making annoying pop music now. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so, just, there's some songs that I just, I can't listen to. I skip them. But <laughs> understood completely. But um, I just, I want to thank you uh, for giving me the time to sit down and chat with you. Yeah. Thank um, you. I, we appreciate everybody's time. So we don't want to, sit here and go on and on so um but uh once again just want to thank you it was a great conversation i hope you had a good time and i did thank you uh, so much hopefully we'll get you we'll get back out to nashville here sometime soon and we'll be able to get you on a uh jam session or live session whatever yeah, we're I'd, pushing at the I'd time i'd love to um yeah we'd love to have you you know it's we Wait, when did we originally talk? Was it back? Oh, man, it's been months ago. (laughs) Yeah, because I think it was back when I was trying to come out in July, I want to say. June or July. Yeah, I think so. So, It's been been a while. You know, it's hard to make every trip we want to do happen. And luckily for me and Live and Amplified, we haven't really gotten burned too bad yeah i feel like every time i have to cancel i burn a a slight part of a bridge Mm -hmm. just because it's like oh he's not really trustworthy because he had to can't you know and that that's just my insecurities about a lot of things but well things happen yeah but um, yeah, we'll definitely let you know next time we're coming out to Nashville, and uh, we'll right. get you get you fully involved and in everything that we're I'd love doing. to. And that that was kind of the birth of this iteration of the podcast because it was like there's so many people we want to work with. We need to figure out a way to start incorporating them, get them 
get them some exposure to our audience and yeah and i appreciate that yeah um so that being said i want to thank you one last time uh for your time i want to yeah, thank, thank every, you Tom. i want to thank everybody for tuning in and we will see you guys later